Vikings playing the Bears again on Monday Night Football, but this time they've got a mobile quarterback. How does that change things? Let's ask Locked On Bears. It's crossover Thursday on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's Crossover Thursday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. What's going on, Vikings fans? What's going on, Bears fans? It's a little Monday night preview on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bears fans, my name is Luke Braun. I do Locked On Vikings. And for Vikings fans, I'm here with Lauren Cox. Uh, you can find him at Cox Sports 1. He does Locked On Bears. Uh, hey, Lauren. Good to see you again. We actually get to do two of these. I don't know if people know this, but we always get screwed by holidays. <laughs> yes, every year. Like every year. <laughs> yes. uh, and we've, we actually found a way to do two of these. Yeah, it's 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 fun. We've actually we're actually working this out and actually like kind of interesting teams this time. Yeah, interesting. interesting is a great way to put it. I like that word. Uh, I, I put it on. I feel like the the headline of this for one, it's a way different than the last time the Vikings played the Bears. We got a different quarterback now. Uh, and Justin Jefferson, as we record this, I don't have any practice reports yet. But O'Connell was asked about Justin Jefferson and expressed some optimism, kind of still said day to day questionable is probably going to be the designation by the end of the week. Um, but it feels closer than not. It feels like I would say we've passed 50 percent for Jefferson. Did, did you but, see no, the I did. Uh, Justin Jefferson tweeted on Tuesday morning that uh, people should stop DMing him about how he is ruining their fantasy seasons. He's absolutely right cook my dude but but isn't like he's he's saying like you know my health is my priority and i'm gonna basically didn't say i'm gonna take my time but it sort of implies like i'm not rushing back for you and your fantasy team a lot of bears twitter took that tweet and it's like oh that means he's not gonna play on monday because he's clearly pumping the brakes on (laughs) he's returning is that is that reading too much into it probably I, i think with jj what you see is what you get he's a very hard on your sleeve kind of like you can take it at face value with him. I think he just wants people to stop DMing him about their fantasy team. Yeah. Here's the deal. Watch it throughout the week, right? He's going to be, he was been limited all week. Uh, the last two weeks, if he ever gets upgraded to full, he's playing. That's probably what I'm looking for. If he's limited all week, he goes in questionable. We kind of have to see. It's probably a game time thing. Um, it's worth mentioning the Vikings go into their buy after this. So, They'll have to activate him during the bye week, but they won't like he'll get like an extra week to heal. Um, so that might be like if they really, really want to play it safe, they might. Um, but I I think it's very much a question up in the air. It, it's not going to be one of those things where they've actually decided and they're just trying to keep it like secret and be cheeky about it. I think they're going to go through the week and see how it feels. Do you think there's a strong temptation though to just say, ah, screw it. We'll take the extra bye week, give him, make sure he's a hundred percent good to go and not, you know, not hurry him back against a Bears team that 
they might feel like is fairly beatable at you know three and seven or three and eight or whatever the record yeah, three and eight now because they haven't had their bye week yet like, i mean did you is there a chance that they look at it that way not not as a look ahead game per se but just a eh we can handle this and wait to get yeah 100 i don't think it has anything to do with who the bears are they could be playing the chiefs too and it would probably be the same idea um but i think there is a temptation to say to say like Ooh, we kind of get a free week of ir um of like the the practice window basically the, for the bye week not the bears <laughs> yeah right um but the actual bye week not the figurative bye week mm-hmm. uh <laughs> well, but not but but they've been very clear. He's not going till he's one hundred percent. That they will you you will not see a limited snap count. You're not going to see. Yeah, he's out there, but he's still kind of hurt, and we're still ramping him up. When he is there, he is there. Um, and they're just waiting for the strength to build back up in that in that leg, and for for the the stamina in particular with the hamstrings. That's what really gets you. You wake up, you feel fine. You work it for an hour. Then how does it feel? That's kind of the the challenge. Once they feel okay about that, it's happening. Um, but I, I wanted to uh, take this to the quarterback place because last time the Vikings and Bears played, Justin Fields gets hurt. You had this Tyson Bajan chapter of the Bears season. Now Justin Fields is back. Uh, the Vikings have a different quarterback. So there is a great chance that this one plays out super differently than, than the last one. Um, so my question to you becomes... How are the Bears against mobile quarterbacks? We have one now. He's not as accurate. He's not as consistent as Kirk, but he sure does run. Yeah, the Bears haven't faced a ton of mobile quarterbacks. Like, I'm coming back through. I mean, besides like Patrick Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson, who are mobile, but not like, you know, this same kind of scrambling that we're seeing Josh Dobbs be so successful at this season. They've really been facing a lot of more statutory or stats statuesque guys that just don't don't move a ton and and the problem is like they weren't generating a super consistent pass rush against guys that don't leave the pocket very much so i can imagine they could have some trouble with guys that do leave the pocket in terms of not being able to contain that super well just because you're not generally getting a ton of pressure on it either way and it will stress this bears defense i mean they don't like to run a ton of man coverage so in theory they should mm. be able to sit back with eyes on the quarterback and be yeah. react and respond to that but this has not always been this defense has been up and and down. Like we saw them play really well against Ben Johnson's Detroit Lions for three and a half quarters and then absolutely collapse down the stretch. And if that defense that played well for three and a half quarters can continue in this game against the Vikings and pick back up kind of where they had where they were before they sort of fell apart. And you could argue maybe the play calling got a little more conservative coverage wise at the stretch. But like hmm. and I, I don't think there's a ton of concern about josh dobbs being able to dice them up and, and run all over them per se but easier said than done for this bears team that like consistency has been the issue they've they've had stretches where they look great it's just about doing that for four quarters or more than three and a half quarters in, in the case of last week yeah and that's been the story of dobbs a little bit as well in that like it, you know complete games right and the circumstances that he got thrown thrust into i'm sure everybody's super familiar he had got had to play without knowing the playbook and all that and in that first game 
a whole bunch of weird stuff happened, turnovers and all that stuff. And nobody really blames him for that. You get into the second game and you can still kind of tell, but it got better. And they had this unbelievable first half against the Saints where they scored 24 points in the first half, up 24 to three, sort of let off the gas, let the Saints get back into it a little bit, but less than it looked. And then sort of the same thing against Denver. Great first half. And then the second half kind of fell apart. Um, and part of it was just the way, like, especially against the Broncos on Sunday night. I don't know if you watched that game, but the way that they got pressure, um, they were very disciplined about contain lanes. They got Dobbs to run. And when he ran, he would go backwards and ruin all the angles. Um, and I think it, it, in a way it takes on some of like, it's like some of the worst parts of fields in some of the games, like at least the games that have happened against the Vikings, like all the DJ Wanham sacks where it's like, where are you running to? you kind of see that come out. Um, but it's really hard to deny. He has in every game had a touchdown where that thing was covered and he just ran for it and got it. Like that play didn't work and you scored on it. And it's like, I, you can't argue with that. Like that's happening. Um, and I'm sure as bears fans with fields, like you understand that, like, wow, nothing worked. Fields did just kind of did stuff. Um, so it'll be cool. I think on, on Monday night football, this will be hopefully a little bit more of an entertaining thing than the Vikings and bears have put out on ESPN in previous years. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I hope so too. It, it is, it is definitely a bears team that last week against the lions played up above the standard of play that we've been used to this season. Mm. So that they played better than a three and eight football team last week for the, the vast majority of that game. But then ultimately reminded you why they're a three day football team by the end of the game. But like, to me, like that, that's what can make this game that much more exciting is the Bears are healthy and kind of rounding into form, if you will. And the Vikings are exciting with Josh Dobbs and everyone's kind of figuring out when that magic will run out. But so far, it's it's not. And of course, you know, they're going to blitz the crap out of Justin Fields on the other side, too. Like those those are going to be some of the real fun matchups that I'm looking forward to getting into. Yeah, we have to get into all of those matchups and just exactly what each team needs to do to take this dub home. So we will get into all of that next. This crossover Thursday, Locked on Bears and Locked on Vikings, is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Prize Picks puts you in complete control. Unlike some of the other daily fantasy platforms where you know you're setting a lineup and you're hoping that your lineup happens to beat out the thousand other lineups you're competing against just to get first place to, to be able to win some money. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the Prize Picks projections available. So they'll set a passing yard total for Josh Dobbs and for Justin Fields, and you decide whether they will do better or worse than their prize picks projection. You just pick two to six players and pick their projections, and if you're right, you can win up to 25 times your money. It's a lot of fun. It is really easy to play, and it gives you some a little extra stakes when you're watching this game and following the stats along with it at prize picks. So try it out for yourself. It's a lot of fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's an extra hundred bucks to play with at prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL promo code lockdown NFL price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Moving right along with this crossover Thursday episode brought to you by prize picks. Um, if you guys want, if you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're a Bears fan or a Vikings fan, stay till the end. It's going to kick you right over to a 24-7 live stream for Vikings fans. You go to Locked On Minnesota Sports 24-7 live stream. I think you guys are going to Locked On Sports today. 
Bears live stream. Pretty cool stuff. Nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is 24-7 uh, coverage of sports in general or, or sports in their market. Um, you should, y'all should check it out. Let's move on to the, the major matchups here. And uh, Jalen Johnson's still a bear, right? That didn't happen at the trade deadline. I only paid a little attention to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's... Begrudgingly, Jalen Johnson is still a bear. I, you know, I, to me, I think that was a lot of posturing and it was a lot of like, let's try and get a sense of what other teams might be valuing our client as. But I don't know that there was ever super close. Like the Bears were like, all right, well, listen, and we'll take a first round pick or whatever. But to me, I, I don't know how much, how much legs there really were there. Uh, but he's still playing well. And Tyreek Stevenson had a pretty good game last week against the Lions. And the Minnesota Vikings uh, receiver room without Justin Jefferson, like we talked about, I mean, the Jordan Addison thing has had it's it started a little. He's, he, well, yeah, he showed up. Um, he he showed up in a big way with with Justin Jefferson out. Uh, coming off a rough one, I will say against the Denver secondary, but uh, I I think there's it's been up and down with him. He has had games like the game against San Francisco where he just decides today today is my day. Right, uh, last time he was on Monday Monday Night Football, he is ESPN Jordan. That's his Twitter handle. So the joke is kind of every time he's on ESPN, you know, he's going to play the, like a little bit harder. Mm. Um, but really the deal is, do you play him physically or not? Uh, I was really worried about him in that San Francisco game because I knew that San Francisco had a physical secondary, but they kind of came out really sick of hearing how sick of uh, how physical San Francisco was. So they uh, sort of answered that call. But if if you can play him physical man coverage, uh He can be removed from the game, I think, but you got to be willing to play that man coverage. And with what you mentioned about Dobbs, that's rough. So I, I I don't know if the bears want to do the shadow thing with Jalen Johnson on Jordan Addison. Obviously if Justin Jefferson plays, that becomes a different thing. Otherwise they're going to put him in two man stacks, get him free releases, get him running all over the field against a whole bunch of matchups. And they'll, they'll hunt those matchups. They also use wide choice to hunt matchups. So TJ Hawkinson versus a linebacker or a safety or kind of whoever, tends to come down into the box or play on that strong side. I don't know who that is for you, but that person in coverage against Hawkinson has kind of been a, a, a key cog in every defense the Vikings played. Yeah, I, I find that to be the bigger concern for me in this matchup for the Bears. Is I, it, was, it was Hawkinson who seemed to be doing... I mean, it wasn't like the Vikings passing game was you know, passing up and down the field on the Bears the last time, but it was Hawkinson who was really kind of the go-to weapon in that game, and the Bears didn't really have an answer for it, and I'm not sure that they do yet i mean it's kind of a yeah. it's it's a collective answer of like okay like you need to mix up coverages a little bit more and try and be a little bit more variable in that regard not so predictable for opposing quarterbacks i will mm-hmm. say like that vikings game the first time was the first game after their sort of mini bye week after thursday night and they they significantly altered how they ran coverages between those two games and for the rest like since that mm-hmm. since that thursday night game they dropped their cover two percentage drastically instead of running a little more cover one and and mixed up coverages quite a bit more after having that mm. extra time to kind of self-scout. So that, that Vikings game was kind of the first time they experimented a bit more coverage-wise. And I think that was part of why they were able to keep Kirk Cousins and company from doing more than they did. I mean, it was 19 points was 19 points, but it wasn't like they lit them up all game. But I'm, I'm concerned, more concerned about Hawkinson in that regard. Whereas, like, they're not going to get up and press Addison that much, but they will be physical with them, you know, at the stem of the route and... There's, you know, they get flagged for pass interference and defensive illegal contact every once in a while. Like they're they're physical cornerbacks who can who can be 
in your face about it all the way down the field and, and are not afraid to try and mix it up a little bit there. So I, I would think, you know, like from a prize pick standpoint, maybe Addison being below his uh, receiving yards might be where I would lean in that direction. But all right. You never know. I'll you throw know. it in there for you. I do a uh, prize picks on, on locked on Vikings every Friday. So throw it in there for you. For, for me, I'm, for me, I'm curious. You know, you talked about the, the, the pass rush with, with Dobbs and trying to keep him contained, you know, someone like Montez sweat, not a part of this. Match. Yeah. He not, he's new. How's that going? Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you trade a bit, you trade a decently high draft pick and give him a big contract extension and everybody wants him to f- solve everything. And it's mm-hmm. like he can't a one one shiny new fun defensive end who's really good cannot fix a whole pass rush by himself. Like they still need again, he's getting about a double teams, and so they still need other guys to win their pass rushes, and they're they're not enough. Like unique guy. Yeah, people will will absolutely f- over focus on the negative. We got the same thing with Hawkinson. He leads the league in receiving for tight ends right now, <laughs> and people are like, "Why is he disappointing? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, is the offense right now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like. Sweat's like sweat still he is still learning like okay what are our calls and and you know he's not playing every single snap still they like yeah it'll be a ramp up and give him an off season and then you can really kind of up the expectations yeah this was a long-term trade not a short-term make the team so much better right now but Mm. be a a cornerstone of this pass rush and like yeah he's, he's had some ups and downs but he's been generally the same kind of guy and they need like anyone else to really step up more consistently they Unique Ngakwe has been a shell of himself all, all season as a pass rusher. Like it's been yeah. really disappointing what he's been able to do, but it's a you know, one year deal mercenary type thing. And just thought you'd be getting a little bit more from him, but like, can those guys to me, like you were saying, it's not even about beating your man and getting a free run at the quarterback. It's about like, can you let Dobbs run to you? Can you keep your pass rush lanes with some integrity there so that when he steps right. up, maybe steps up unnecessarily sometimes, or not necessarily feeling ghosts, but just not necessarily taking the, smartest path with his legs he, he does he does the, the internal clock thing where yeah. he, he, there won't be pressure but he'll go one two i gotta go and the angle he chooses he'll always just run the way he's already facing <laughs> like he's not he he won't say one two okay where's my lane it's one two i just need to start running t- to my right because that's because i'm right-handed uh and and a lot of times he'll like start to his right realize there's a guy there turn around go to his left and there isn't a guy there uh I, I think there will be a big thing matchup wise with Montez Sweat on whatever side he's rushing. I don't know if if he's left or right or the better rusher or the, or the second or like the first tackle or the second tackle. Um, but if he's on the on the offense left against Christian Derrissaw, a fascinating. Um, but B, a big thing will be as Dobbs tries to like curl around. If he you know, starts to the right, goes I can't do this, and then he'll, what he'll do is he'll he'll curl to the left and try to get out there. A lot of times he has gotten out and been able to make great things happen on a scramble specifically because Christian Derrissaw is swallowing someone over there and it's just like wide open lanes. Um, so if, if Montez sweat can hold up there that can take off that lane, but there's a good tackle. That's tough. He, he primarily rushes against the right tackle. So, you know, like left defensive end spot, but got they, it. They do move him around some and they even unveiled a, uh, like a, a pass rushing package where uh, he was on the right, he was over the left tackle, and then they had, I think, Ngakwe at the three technique, and then Demarcus Walker at the other defensive tackle. Ah, uh, yeah, the a nice, nice little speed thing. package, like a third down thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're, yeah. they're moving some guys around a little bit more there, but definitely more so versus the right tackle there to try and get some of that pressure more, more directly in his face. 
Yeah. So uh, last time these teams played, it was like a Deontay Foreman show. And uh, let's see what kind of things both these teams can do to either repeat that success uh, or avoid another loss in in, uh, the case of the Bears. So we will get into all of that in just a bit. Moving right along with this Crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Vikings and Locked on Bears. I don't like doing predictions in particular. That's like the crossover thing. We do predictions now. Uh, but for me, I think a more salient prediction is what like the, the Vikings win if the Bears win if last time the Vikings won um, based on. I, I'll say just not great stuff from the quarterbacks, man. Fields wasn't good. Bajent was worse. Uh it was kind of a catastrophic like turnover game too. Um, and the Vikings are now coming off of another game where they lost, where they uh, outgained their opponent, but turned the ball over three times. Um, I, I had a stat from a show I did earlier in the week. That was the Vikings have outgained their opponents on average in losses. They've lost five games to you know, the chiefs, the Eagles Broncos. And, uh, they have outgained in yards per play. They've gotten 5.9 yards per play to their opponents, 5.5 yards per play, 13 giveaways, two takeaways in those five losses. It's crazy. So I have a broken record. I I said this in the last crossover, hang on to the ball. That's the key. You hang on to the ball. If the Vikings don't turn it over, if they win the turnover battle, uh, I, I struggle to see where the bears, where else the bears find like a consistent advantage. You know, it's funny because, you might be able to get rid of the ball, turn it over and still win because <laughs> the, the stat from the bears last game against the lions that I don't think it'll make it. All oh, right. Cause Goff threw three of them. The, the bears were the first team in NFL history to generate to, I don't know if it was, if it was to get the four total turnovers or to have to win the turnover margin by three and have 40 plus minutes of time of possession and lose the game. First time in NFL history, a team has ever done to possess the ball so long and generated that many turnovers and still lost the game. Like they picked off golf three times. They forced a fumble on a kickoff return as well. They got 10 points off of those four turnovers and just three points off of those three interceptions. And that was, it, it was like, they were trying to, they were given every opportunity to win that game. They led by double digits late in the fourth quarter and absolutely blew it away. So like, it's hard to sit here and be like, Oh, the bears will beat the Vikings if they can get some turnovers and control the clock. Because that's exactly what they did against the Detroit Lions, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't enough. Like it just this team finds ways to lose a lot more than they find ways to win. But like that that's kind of what it comes down to to me. Like I know last time they blitzed Justin Fields, I think seventy percent of his dropbacks, and yeah, and all, every single time on Bajan, I think they didn't blitz yeah. once. <laughs> like they they one time chose not to blitz and they blitzed all of the other patient yeah. reps. Yeah, I, I just pulled it up. It was one one not blitz drop back for yeah. dropbacks. Like yeah, fields <laughs> and like fields played really well against the Lions. Did a lot of things there. Like took care of the ball. Was better pocket presence and, and generally like operated the offense at a high level for the majority of that game. But he did hold on to the ball pretty long, even longer mm. than than I think normal. He wasn't getting rid of it super quickly, and it wasn't hurting them in that game. Because the Lions were, you know, rushing four, and the Bears' offensive line did a decent job against it, but it's going to speed up the thing. It's going to speed up everything for the Bears, and it will be a really good test for Fields of like, okay, show us the progress. Then you know, like it seemed like, seemed like, get, yeah, gets your hot, then gets hurt against the Vikings, 
and now is playing well again first game out. But like, all right, did it against a, a Lions defense that's struggling, but you know, got still a pretty good team. Now the Vikings are going to attack him in a different way. Let's see what Fields can do there. If he can speed it up and get rid of it more quickly and show more growth in that area, it, like the Bears, the Bears can win this game. And I, I don't think the I don't think the, the Vikings are as talented as the Lions were you know, last week. So if the bears can just kind of do a lot of those same things in theory, it should be harder to blow it against this team than it was against that team. So here's what I'm thinking for the bears. I'm, I'm trying to think of like what I would do if I were Matt Eberflus defensive or offensively. Um, so if I were Luke Getzey, uh, and I'm thinking, keep DJ more short because I think the bears like DJ Moore didn't have the best game of our call against the Vikings last time. He didn't get a lot. And I think they tried to make him the explosive, you know, the deep threat. And that's what they try to do a lot with him is, you know, he's the guy running the go ball or the, you know, the basic over the middle, try to get a 20 yard completion and go do crazy things in the secondary and all that. But if you expect the Vikings to blitz a whole bunch again, and I kind of think they will, this is the first uh, second matchup. This is the first rematch that we've had with Flores because we haven't had our any matchups against the Lions yet. Haven't played the Packers the second time. So this is the first time that we've got like we've established what we do against you. Will we do the same thing? Very curious about that with Flores or will he just come out and be like, nope, we're dropping eight every play. Good luck. <laughs> but if I'm Luke Getze, I want to go, OK, look. We are going to have DJ Moore be the hot route every single time. He's going to be running the slant. He's going to be the outlet. He is going to be the guy. Fine, too. If, you, if there's trouble, fine, too. And just get him to like get the ball in his hands. You're going to get like 13 DJ Moore targets. That'll make all the fantasy people really happy. Um, and it's sort of like, if you remember like the Packers, Devonte Adams games in like 2019, 2020, where they would, it was just every play was a Devonte Adams manufactured target. And I was like, that was their offense. Um, and I feel like with, with DJ Moore, like, I think if the, if the bears can get the ball to him quickly and just let him try to do stuff after the catch, like that feels like the best way to counter the blitz that they didn't have last time, or they could come out and try to get them on deep posts a whole bunch again. It's like, yeah, we're sending six and you have Justin Fields. This isn't happening. That that was the game plan. DJ Moore wise, like against the commanders when Justin Fields or when, when DJ Moore had 230 yards and three touchdowns, right? It was just like, yeah, manufacture targets for him and let him make plays after the catch. Cause he's very good after the catch. Like they, they know how to do that or they they've shown an ability to do that. It's just not something they do all the time and it's I, I don't know why they don't do that more why why it's he, he's not more of a priority in terms of you know designing plays that are manufactured for him I mean this is the offensive coordinator that earlier this season they had DJ Moore run a pick route for Cole Komet like they, they use <laughs> they, you know what I mean and it's just it's it's like what <laughs> that's what it's is, is is the the hot every time it's going to be Cole Komet right it's going to be the, the quick little yeah under the tight end or him him running into the flat and like Pokemon is a is a fine human being, but he is not a and, and there, there's a huge debate in the Bears world about I know the, the war of JT O'Sullivan. Yeah, I've I've followed it. But like he's not he's not a dynamic after the catch athlete. I think we can all agree he's not outrunning guys. He's occasionally right. over guys, but he's not outrunning guys. So I would rather that be DJ Moore. I don't have confidence in that being DJ Moore. Yeah, and like I think about it in terms of like a key to victory. The Vikings will win if. For me, it's always turn it if they don't turn it over and if they tackle. Um, and they've done a good job in the last few weeks of tackling. So they've won a lot of games. Uh, you know, that like that 49ers game on Monday night kind of came down to if Josh Metellus could get Christian McCaffrey down in a big spot or if he could get 
uh, Alvin Kamara down against the Saints in a big spot. He did both of those things. The Vikings won. Um, if if it is, can the Vikings tackle Cole Komet? Like that feels like not putting the game in the best spot. And if that's what the Bears do, I mean, shoot, I'll take it. Um, but I, like, I want to be like, this is going to be this crazy matchup between Cam Bynum, who's having this breakout season, and and can he can he get DJ Moore down, you know, or will DJ Moore juke him out of his shoes and get a big explosive play? But I mean, if you're not going to get the ball to him outside of the deep stuff, um, it's going to be hard to get to that deep stuff, which is kind of what Brian Flores wants. He wants to turn you into PJ Fleck. It's what I say on all of these crossovers. He wants to turn you into like Captain RPO and bubble screen and and run game essentially by simming pressure every single time and whether they come or not what they did against the Broncos that worked so well until the very end of that game was um simulating pressure forcing Russell Wilson to check into whatever conservative blitz answer they had and the Broncos came basically every single play had stapled to it if you see blitz coming check into some stupid little perimeter screen or a run or something like that and the Vikings would sim pressure every single play and they, and they wouldn't come nearly as often. Uh, so you would check into a bubble screen against drop eight cover two, which is a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, but you got to tackle. Doesn't matter if you have it all on the whiteboard. If you miss the tackle, it ruins everything. So that's what where I think this comes down to. But I mean, use DJ more properly. That can work for the Bears. And I think a lot of the same things you said about rush lanes and stuff with the Bears against Dobbs, obviously that still applies with uh, Justin Fields. If he can run all over you for 150, you can take on anyone, you know? Well, he ran for that last week against the Lions and, you know. So that, <laughs> and hey, and you went toe-to-toe with a team that a lot of people see as an NFC contender. Right? Yeah. Moral victories don't exactly uh, help a lot when you when you lose a heartbreaker like that, but that has to be the way that the Bears... Um, and, and they like ran the QB like a lot, right? Like on purpose too, right? They yeah. The regular running game going actually the lines were the first team to shut them down rushing wise. And I'm, mm. I'm really curious to see how this Vikings running defense. that has been playing really well lately too. Like Bears, the, the Vikings were the first team to really like shut down Foreman and Khalil Herbert all game. And it was Justin Fields would just run read option and basically just decide all every time I'm just going to take it. And I'm going to make the end man miss me because they can't tackle me. <laughs> Phenomenal. Absolutely love it. Screw the whiteboard reads. Whatever, coach. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, all right. Well, Monday Night Football. This should be uh, a, a fun time. I hope everybody enjoys. This is going to go out on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm sure you're probably listening to it later, which is great and fine. Uh, or maybe you're abandoning your family, which is fair. And I'm glad that we could be that uh, escape for you. For Lauren Cox. Oh, right. Huh? The Aaron Rodgers method. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers uh, method of uh, familial growth. For Lauren Cox, (laughs) I am Luke Braun. (laughs) It's been Crossover Thursday. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody.